Boondoggle, 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 the Boondoggle podcast. Boondoggle, do you like stories? Boondoggle, do you like podcasts? Boondoggle, it's the Boondoggle podcast. Episode two. Yes, thank you for joining me for episode two. You might have just jumped in at episode two, or you might be a regular listener having listened to episode one as well. Either way, we welcome you to the podcast. The podcast is, um, well, so I was sitting in my house and in the front room of my house and the dog started barking as it as it does when somebody approaches the door. And then I heard a thud and I ran to the door and there was a little book. It was strange that it was a little book because it was a loud thud. But either way, it was a little book and it was red. And on the front of the book, it said, The Boondoggle. And I opened it up. And inside the book, there was a number of stories. Many, many stories of all sorts and kinds, all shapes and sizes, full of interesting and wild and wacky, crazy characters. And they were quite amazing. I mean, some were a bit rubbish, but some were some were pretty, pretty good, I'd say. And so I thought, somebody has to do something with these stories. And I also felt like it was kind of a message, given that it came through my letterbox. Somebody, that being me, should make a podcast about them. And so I've decided to call myself the Boon Dog, because I believe I am a sort of conduit for these, um, these stories. And I also feel like I've been chosen, considering it was delivered through my own letterbox so that's that's the the whole concepts of the podcast episode one had a a good few listeners uh including one from austria so hello my austrian friend guten tag um we're now an internationally renowned podcast thanks to you my friend so i didn't mention this last week but we it's kind of strange situation we're living in currently we are under lockdown because, well, if you're listening to this in the future, I don't know how far in the future, in a hundred years, uh, this current situation might seem a bit irrelevant to you. But if you're listening to it in the next two, three, four, even five years, you might have heard of something called the coronavirus or COVID-19. And um, all over the world, countries are under lockdown. Um to um, stop the spread of this virus. Basically, it's pretty serious stuff, but I didn't mention it last week because um, cause I, didn't want, cause I didn't want this podcast to seem like, um, like it was just, uh, it's just about that. Because I'm sure there's a load of podcasts popping up. They're all about lockdown. And um, I'm sure it's quite good to log your experiences about this, uh, what we're going through at the moment, but... I'm no Samuel Pepys. There's plenty of other people to do that. Although I have played Samuel Pepys in a performance aged um, 10 or 11. I was, I was chosen for that role. Uh, but I was just acting then. I am not a uh, diarist. Uh, this podcast is old fiction, fictional stories. If you want the news, go to the news channel.
So, I will open up the book, The Boondoggle. That was the thud of the Boondoggle book. Ooh, and we'll go, we'll go with this story this week. Trouble in Combat. You boy, listen to me. I want half of the infantry. I want half of the infantry flanking the left side. Oi! Listen to me, boy. Do you want to get yourself shot? Do you want to feel the pain of birth? That's the decoy, okay? The left side, okay? The main attack will be coming from the right. I'll be leading this with. You're not listening. And you're lying on the floor, clutching your chest, because, because you've used for the force of a space shuttle carrying five men and a food package pummel into your rib cage. Don't come crying to me. I'll be carrying the flag with, with, I'll be carrying the flag with, with, two others. Uh, we're capturing the flag. A butch fella piped up. Why? Oh, we paid to be here, didn't we? So that entitles you to capture flags, does it? Oh, yeah. Very well. So Fenton Barnsworth looks around the group. Who'd like to capture the flag? Me. The call came from a man that resembled a bedroom mini fridge. Ah, you look, um, sturdy. Name? Oh, plums, mate. Plumly! Came a few cheers from the remainder of the group. Plums? Mate? It's because I've got a massive orchard, sir. The lads love my plums when they're in season, sir. You do? You've got a lovely orchard, do you? Doesn't mean anything silly, does it? Honestly not. It's been in the family since 1869. A few sniggers pop up among the group. Very well. And you, long-legged felt? Shut up, shut up. If we lose this mission, I, if you, I hope you know I've done all I can. Oh, hurry up, I need a piss. You, long-legged fellow. Name? Uh, Long John Silver. Long... John Silver. Long John Silver. Woohoo! Came the cheers from the team once again. For heaven's sake, is this Great Britain we're in, or hate Britain? It has become a complete and utter farce, and now that you buffoon, now that you buffoons like you are preparing for battle. Fenton Barnsworth, with his hair like a well-used football pitch and a moustache like the brush used to scrub the football boots that played on said football pitch, waved his arms in frustration. But his anger did little to control his squadron. OK, so half on the left flank, and the rest of... The rest of you cover the middle. And I'll be following these two up the rear. Woohoo! Came the jeers from the crowd once again. Right, we're beginning five. Fenton Barnsworth leapt onto his stomach, knocking the wind out of him. Whoa, 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 hold on there, mate. We've got to give these out to the team. This lad was large and had a confident swagger. Out of his Morrison's bag, he pulled out a bunch of bright orange T-shirts and proceeded to pass them round to the seven other lads. From his prone position, Fenton Barnsworth angled his head round to see what was going on. 
What do you think you're doing? You may as well be holding a beacon and shouting, Please shoot me. Look, mate, you keep asking our names and it's taken up a lot of unnecessary time. Now you don't have to. The lads slipped them on over their camouflage overalls. On the back of each t-shirt was a name. Plums, Long John Silver, Captain Slow, Trev, Mr Pants, Terry's Chocolate Orange and Dung Beetle. To finish, the distributor pulled his own out and slipped it on. With his back to the group, he thrust his thumbs over his shoulders and pointed to his own name. Shagaloo. At the sight of this name, Fenton Barnsworth erupted from his prone position and built himself into his most intimidating stance. I don't understand why you guys are here if you're not going to take this seriously. Those things really hurt. They do. I will not be using these ridiculous names. Oh, suit yourself, mate. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Did you want a T-shirt too? No, I did not. Why? What would I be? Sergeant. Yes. Nonce? The lads laughed. No, 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 I do not want one. A call comes from up the field. Ready in five, four, three, two, one. Go, go, go. Fenton Barnsworth charged to the right and dived behind a corrugated metal sheet. He squeezed up tight to the defence and looked back at his teammates, dawdling to their positions. Plums plodded his way towards Fenton Barnesworth's position, paintballs whizzing past his body. Where is the other fellow? said Fenton Barnesworth. Plums tilted his head towards their starting place. Long John Silver was urinating against a tree. This was a bad move for many reasons, and he was so- as he was soon to find out. From the top end of the field, a child... Their opposition pulled the trigger. Thwack! His long John Silver went down. He was out of the game. Drat! The head of Fenton Barnsworth sunk. He said nothing, wallowing in the loss, while paintballs rattled against the corrugated sheet they hid behind. Oh, I'm sure we'll be fine. The mission might be a problem, said Plums. Fenton Barnsworth leapt on him, gripping his hands to his collar and shaking him. That's a man we lost back there, a goddamn man, a human being that cannot be forgotten about in seconds. He is not a number. His name was Long John Silver. I know, mate, you'll be in the next game, though. There is no next game. You get one shot at this thing we call life, and he's lost it. There is only one way to honour him. We must capture that flag. Yes, I thought I said. We'll be fine. Fenton Barnsworth pokes his head above the shield, assessing the state of play. On the left of the field, the decoy squadron were bringing in a poor performance. They sluggishly, sloppily, slop, slop, sloppily, they sluggishly, sloppily, and certainly not slinkily, hid behind various objects. They sluggishly, sloppily, and certainly not slinkily, hid behind various objects altogether that barely had any chance of protecting even one of them. Within ten seconds, Mr Pants, Terry's Chocolate Orange and Dung Beetle had been picked off. 
This left Captain Slow, Trev and Shagaloo to take the left. Fenton Barnesworth Squadron! Where the hell is my... I mean, our cover up centre flank! Oh, piss off! called Shagaloo. Okay, Plums. Looks like the rest of the infantry have gone rogue. We're on our own now. I always knew that one would be a double agent. Once more he lifted his head above the protection and took down a number of the opposition. While children walked off crying, Fenton Barnsworth celebrated. A paintball pinged off the metal sheet, splattering over his shoulder. It's a splatter! It doesn't count! It doesn't count, okay? He placed his hands on Plum's shoulders and looked him in the eye. This isn't over yet. We must go on. I know, mate. Can you see the flag? Plum's had a look. No, not from here. Well, you ought to bloody look then. It's right there. It was right there. A bright yellow flag hanging from a tree 20 metres from their spot of defence. However, it was guided by three young marksmen. One short, one tall, and one with his overalls on backwards. Rhythmically, they would bob their heads out from behind their individual fences, meaning no marksman would be up at the same time as another. They're taunting us! Now are you sure you're ready to complete this mission? Fenton Barnsworth asked. I'll give it a try, said Plums. There is no trying round here. There is a do or do not. Do you understand? Oh, sure, I'll do it. You're sure? I can do it if you like. No, I'll be fine. Sure, sure, of, co- of course you will. Now go, go, go! Fenton Barsworth leapt up and pounded his way towards the next fence, spinning and slamming his back to the wall, as if he were Bond, James Bond. Plums followed, narrowly avoiding the whizzing onslaught. Well, warn me next time, mate. Always be ready for the next attack. Fenton Barnsworth copied the opposition, bobbing up and down behind their new fence. Up, down, up, down, up. He picked off the tall one. Down, up. He picked off the short one. Down, up. The boy with the backwards overalls dodged a bullet. Down, up. He fired an array at Fenton Barnsworth, whizzing whizzing inches past his visor. He ducked back down and stayed there, panting and afraid. Oldest trick in the book. He's not such a fool after all, said Fenton Barnsworth. Meanwhile, the the remaining members of the squadron had gone rogue. That fucking gobshite. His tactics won't do nothing to get plums that flag. We'll sort him out from here. Shagaloo darted out from behind a rock and raced towards a ditch, firing his gun wildly as he did so. Trev and Captain Slow followed, heading for the same ditch. Trev dived for cover. No, 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 warned Shagaloo, but it was too late. In mid-air, Trev realised that he was heading straight for his buddy. Shagaloo was not a soft landing. He was beefy. Oof, you blind bastard. He suddenly went a bit northern there, didn't he? He said. Clapped it. Captain Slow clocked the danger, but he was too late. He found himself in between a rock and a hard place. The hard place was Shagaloo, who was built like one piece of an upside-down Toblerone. The rock was a rock, and now he was open for fire. Bang! 
A paintball cracked him right in the stomach, splattering paint dead in the centre. Right. It's two on two. We can take them. Haven't they got one? Oh, yes. Two on two on one. Mate, Shagaloo and Trevor are on our team. They're helping me get the flag. I know how you feel, comrade. I've expected the same from my men in the past. But war can do crazy things to the strongest of men. There comes a time when these colours... Fenton Barnsworth clutched Plum's orange t-shirt and stared him right in the face. These colours mean nothing to some people. Mate, it's my stag do. They haven't lost their minds. On your head, be it. Now it's time to make our attack. Our two on the left flank had found themselves towards the back of the field, unbeknownst to the three marksmen. We'll take them from here. Blums can run in, take the flag, and that twazit can shut his blinking mouth. Well, yes, I think that idea sounds like a strong suggestion, said Trev. They made their way towards the defenders, creeping up on them from behind. Look, they're going from it, from, they're going for it, from the back. The bloody weasels, I knew it. Fenton Barnsworth cried out, We have to move now, go, go, go. Well, we should wait. You'll be fine, we can't wait, go. Reluctantly, Plums rose from his protection and began legging it towards the flag. It was open season for the lone marksman, who sprayed his paintballs at our man Plums. Each one of them found his large body, turning into a camdus. Each one of them found his large body, turning him into a canvas, like done by the artist Jackson Pollock. Each one of them found his large body, turning him into a, cam- a canvas, like done by the artist Jackson Pollock. Each one of them found his large body, turning him into a, cam- a canvas, like done by the artist Jackson Pollock. But it was time up for the lone marksman too as from behind them came our two rogue soldiers, distributing paintballs all over his back. As Plums fell to the floor, Fenton Barnsworth slipped out from behind him. He saw his target and ran for it. Having done their work, Shagaloo and Trev waited by the flag, looking for their hero to claim the prize. But all they saw was Fenton Barnsworth getting closer and closer. Shagaloo raised his weapon. What have you done? Fenton Barnsworth halted. He was never cut out for the job. He was destined for it. He was selected. Well, sometimes things don't go to plan. Fenton Barnsworth pulled his trigger, landing a shot on either one of Shagaloo's nipples, followed by taking out Trev's kneecaps, metaphorically. Trev went down screaming, unaware of the metaphor. Fenton Barnsworth swiped the flag off its branch. You prick, said Shagaloo. A winning prick. And with that, Fenton Barnsworth marched towards the referee, bouncing off his toes all gleeful and pleased with himself. Wow. Did not expect that from Fenton Barnsworth. I don't know if you did at home, but yeah, you might want to Write in, write in on the socials, 
if uh, if you saw where that story was going. A tale of uh, a tale of a man who's taking his life a bit too seriously, and a few guys who just wanted to have a bit of fun. We all know a guy like that, don't we? Oh God, we do. DM me if you know a guy like that. Uh, the usual stuff on the socials. But uh, a crazy character. Not the kind of guy you'd. Uh, not the kind of guy who really should be running a a paintballing team. You'd think. Don't know how he um got that job. Maybe um management take a look into that. Maybe that's what will happen in a future story. I don't know. I haven't read that far into the book. Okay. Story two. Oh. The Way of the Iron Warrior. Don't know what, guys. I think it's going to be a sequel to uh, what happened last week. In, um, what was that one called? Iron Deficiency Man, yeah? So, in last week's Iron Deficiency Man, we found him, well, we left him, uh, at at the behest of some of the wrong-uns. He was about to get clobbered, I think. So he'd taken all his iron pills. Well, not all of his iron pills. He'd taken some iron pills. And he got a bit too big for his boots. And now, he's in trouble. Meanwhile, Jessica is still having a good time in the club. So let us begin. The way of the, what, iron, the, way of the iron warrior. With two wrong'uns down, only the second of the wrong'un clan remained. Now towering above our anti-hero? With his fist pulled back. Angus lay powerless between his legs. He had to think quick, which was handy, as he had popped an iron pill about five minutes earlier. Freeze! he shouted. Not enough people say freeze nowadays, he thought to himself. The wrong'un stopped. I was once like you, said Angus. Looking for a purpose, but all I found was trouble. The wrong'un's face showed a sense of understanding. His fist relaxed. But there's a way out of this spiral of decline. There's a way to be the smartest individual in the room. Not the stupid idiot you are. Who are you calling stupid? The Roggan's fist and face clenched once again. You! Angus shouted as he drew his knee to his chest and then thrust his foot upwards, colliding it with the Roggan's crotch. All's fair in love and war, he said as the Roggan clutched his knackers and fell to the wayside. Angus leapt to his feet and started running. He burst through his front door, switched on the TV and threw himself onto the sofa, facing the telly. Just in time to catch Bully revealing the surprises to the first pair of contestants. So if you remember, um, our man, Angus, Iron Deficiency Man, is a big fan of the 80s game show, Bullseye. In one! I want to ride my bicycle, I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bicycle, I want to ride my bike. It's a bicycle with a horn on it. Into This individual's in their birthday suit whenever you like. A life drawing model to bring out at your behest. Three. There are some movies you can watch over and over again, which is handy because this VHS player has no eject button. This carried on. 
Who wears the trousers? You do. So you'll need this state-of-the-art trouser press. And Bully's special prize this week. Angus was now leaning forward, hands on thighs, eyes fixated on the screen. Boat, 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 he whispered to Jim through the telly. The grass is always greener on the other side. Well, now you can stay there with this superb touring caravan. Oh, darn. Close work, Angus. Don't beat yourself up, he said to himself. After six episodes, he took himself to bed. Jessica woke to the sound of thumping on the bedroom floor. She opened her eyes to see Angus leaping around the bedroom, performing burpees, squats, boxing jabs and all sorts. Her head was pounding. Angus, why are you doing this now? Angus, Angus, Angus. Oh, Angus, Angus, why are you doing this now? Angus, why are you doing this now? Angus, why are you doing this now? Angus, why are you doing this now for? Okay, so it turns out that Jessica is actually Scottish because it's proven very difficult for me to do a Bristolian women's accent. Some might argue it's been difficult for me to do a Bristolian men's accent. But we'll say nay to the haters. Angus, what are you doing this now for? It's my bloody bedtime. Angus, why are you doing this now? It's my bloody bedtime. I must apologise for my behaviour last night, my dear, but now I know my cause. The world out there needs me, my love. But my head, though, is giving me a lot of flipping frustration. Crime doesn't stop for hangovers, so neither should I. You shouldn't be drinking that poison anyway, if it makes you feel like that. She clenched her fist. You were drinking it last night, you idiot. Yes, well now I've stopped. That's what being smart is. If you do something bad, you do it different next time. You can't stop crime, no matter how many iron pills you take. I stopped crime last night. Who? Some wrong'uns were causing trouble. I sorted them out. Really? Sure. Someone was about to get very hurt, but I saved them. Well, Angus, I don't want you getting hurt. You're my boy. I'm your girl. What else do you need? Angus sat on the bed next to Jessica and clutched her hand reassuringly. Some fellas are born great. Some get great by themselves. And some have greatness shoved into them. I got it shoved into me with these iron pills. And now I have great power. And I have great responsibility. You're not Spider-Man. I don't know what you're talking about. With a great harumph, Angus stormed out of the bedroom and out of the house. Jessica dragged herself onto her feet, but her head felt like a fridge, so in her bed she remained. Oh, Doctor, you have to help. He thinks he's a bloody superhero. He's going on about crime, power, responsibility. You've made him into a wally. And he keeps saying he's horny, so he should go home. I can't take it anymore. Jessica shouted down the phone. Oh, God. How many pills is he taking? Hmm, two a day, I think. Just to be sure, he said. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. This happened last time, Jessica. No, this happened last time. Jessica, was that your name? Oh, yes. Has he become... 
Now, there's no clinical way of saying this. Has he become a bit of a prick? Oh, absolutely, Doctor. A complete prick. Oh, for heaven's sake. Not again. One a day. Why do you not read the effing bottle? Oh, we were dancing about all joyful, and I think his hand sweat must have rubbed it off. This happens more often than I care to think about. I'll cancel the prescription right away. If he sticks with two a day, he's probably got about two weeks left. Oh, he'll be killed by then if he carries on like this. Things could get worse if he starts taking three, maybe four a day. Jessica, you have to stop him taking any more of those tablets. Oh, doctor, can't you tell him? He's far beyond anything I could ever tell him at this point. I'm sure he thinks he's even smarter than me by now. You have a connection no doctor can match. Use it. Oh, doctor. I'm gonna bloody do it. She hung up and leapt from her seat, punching both her fists in the air and not putting them down until absolutely necessary. Angus wandered the streets of Bristol looking for trouble. He was still wearing his sports gear from earlier, a pair of umbro jogging bottoms and a t-shirt with the words Carpe Diem emblazoned on the front. Bristol's dark underbelly must have been told I'm here. I must look harder. He began to jog in an attempt to blend in. As he passed the park, a smell wafted into his nostrils. Hold on, something's up. That's not normal cigarettes. Here, put that thing out now and there'll be no trouble. He shouted into the middle distance, hoping someone would hear. A few chuckles came from behind the bushes just ahead of him. He plodded on, wading through the shrubbery and into the bush. The time was twenty past four and a group of three young folk were sat on a picnic bench blazing their cannabis cigarettes. Ooh, hey pal, I seen a feast here, said one, a white man with a singular dreadlock. Ooh, yeah, it were angry, and it looked like it was going to tell us off. But I caught its eyes, and it got sucked back into the bushes, said another with a goatee beard. Ooh, and you can handle this stuff, mate. That's not how I talk. Oh, mate. Oh, Bristol. Oh. Oh, I knew you couldn't handle this stuff, mate, said the third, wearing MC Hammer pants. At that moment, the face emerged from the bushes, attached to the body of Angus. He can handle his stuff. I'm the one you won't be able to handle, said Angus. Back at home, Jessica rifled through the cupboards. She clocked the bottle of iron pills, but when she pulled it out, there was no rattle. Inside, there was a note. Don't try and stop me. I'm saving the world. The flippin' idiot. Jessica screwed up the note and stuffed it back in the bottle. Angus did his best to intimidate his new enemies. He stood, legs wide, hands on hips, and didn't blink. What you're doing is prohibited by the law. I'm here to put a stop to it. The smoking group laughed. Laughing? I've been told that happens. Looks like you've all been smoking too much of that doobie. Ooh, you're funny, mate. Do you want some? Said MC Hammer, forcing Angus to leap back in disgust. Get that thing away from me. It stinks. Ooh, it's natural, feller. It comes from the ground. I don't care where it comes from. I am a defender of the law and you are attacking it. Angus positioned himself in his fighting stance that he learnt on the internet one foot in front of the other, and fists held high. Whoa, whoa, whoa there. 
I didn't realise you were serious. We'll do what you say. Too right you will. I am the Iron Warrior, and you will tell all your friends in the criminal underworld to watch out. They chuckled again. Oh, sure, mate, we'll tell them. The three of them put out their doobies and left the bench, giggling with one another. Despite his crime stopping, the thrill was a speck compared to last night's brouhaha. Angus left the park and set out to find more trouble. His phone buzzed in his pocket. When he saw Jessica's name on the screen, he hesitated. He knew what she'd be after, but he answered anyway. Angus, don't take any more of those tablets. I will. You won't. I will. You won't. I knew you would say that, my love. You probably would have told Spider-Man to stay away from that spider. You would have told Batman to pull himself together and stop being scared of ruddy bats. You would have told Superman to stop being so bloody super. You're going... Oh, you're gonna get hurt. You're a... You're a... You're a flipping Wally. Jessica, you don't. Jessica, you don't. Jessica, you don't understand. Jessica, you don't understand. You don't. Jessica, Jessica, you don't understand. It makes me feel alive. No, I've got stuck in Scottish. Jessica, Jessica, oh, hello. I'm no West Country blood. Right, I'm already, I'm going home. Jessica, you don't understand. It makes me feel alive. It's like I've got a firework up my arse. Jessica, you don't understand. It makes me feel alive. It's like I've got a firework up my arse. But what about us? I still love you, my liege, but now I need more. There's trouble out there that's got my name on it. He hung up the phone and marched on. Jessica threw her phone on the sofa and shook herself silly. Oh, flippin' ick! Seconds later, she had pulled on her coat and was heading out the door. It was time to put an end to this madness. So I think it's a bit uh works a bit better to have um to have Jessica as Scottish simply because of my inability to do a Bristolian woman's accent. Uh as you can see at the end, Angus's accent also went a bit Scottish. Still getting used to switching quickly between the two, but that is what you will find when you're reading these stories for the first time. I can't impress that on you enough. This is the first time I've read them. You must believe me. He's really... It's its almost kind of like the story of old um, Walter White in the series Breaking Bad. Um, a man that's uh, just... He's a nice guy, but he's gotten into trouble. And the only way to get himself out... I don't know if it is like Breaking Bad, actually. I mean, the similarity is that it's about a nice guy gone bad. Um, but, uh, that's about the extent of it, really, because, uh, yeah, the way of the Iron Warrior, in this story, the Iron Warrior, he's not, um, it's not about his hubris, really, it's about, um, what is it about? 
It's about his sense of adventure and his excitement with trouble, really. Just wanted to get out of that humdrum life. Which I guess is kind of similar to Breaking Bad. Anyway, I digress. So, let's just carry on with the third story. This is this is a, a shorter one, and it is goes by the name of Darren liked to party. Darren liked to party. He was a right hedonist. When plans were made on the WhatsApp group, people would inquire, "Who's going?" with trepidation. Ah, so that should be said like this: "Who's going?" They didn't really want a list of everyone that was going. Everyone else could pretty much get on with everyone else almost all the time. Except Martin. They didn't want to go if Martin was going. Someone added Martin to the group chat when they were drunk once and no one has the cojones to kick him out. But that's by the by. What they really wanted to ask was, is Darren going? Because that would change things. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. It all depended on the general mood of the night. For the others, like normal people, had changing moods. They had a multiplicity of emotions, vibes, desires. Darren has been known to turn just one drink. Darren has been known to turn just one drink into guest list at Jason Statham's birthday party. But he's also been known to turn just one drink into Darren, you've had ten drinks and I want to go to bed. Please get out of my pants. As I said, Darren liked to party. When his grandparents passed on, they left him a little money. The funeral was not the kind of occasion Darren was used to. And as he had only one mood, it was quite the ordeal. Anyway, Darren was still young, just 22. But he obviously knew what to do with his new windfall. He set out to design the most ideal party house that ever existed. He told his parents he would move out once it was complete. Since he had big plans for this building, he hired some pretty pricey architects. One room would have a trampoline on every wall, allowing for endless bouncing fun. One room would have a swimming pool with a wave machine constantly on. One room would have speakers that were bloody loud. One room would have the most popular games consoles of the last three decades. And every room would have a slide returning to the front door. Apart from the ones on the ground floor, those wouldn't work. Darren might like to party, but the idea of gravity hadn't slipped past him. So Darren set about his built So Darren set about building his party house. The trouble was, he'd spent so much on the architects, he had to make some cuts when it came to the builders. These guys were slow, spending most of their days farting about or ballsing it up. They took the biscuit. They took a lot of biscuits and that ate into the budget too. So the years went on, and Darren's parents were getting impatient. By now they had hoped to retire to the south of France and shrivel up like prunes together. Instead, they had a 30-year-old man living with them, who refused to turn his music down at 4am. After 10 years, the house was finally complete, and Darren was 32. Darren stuck the sign on the door, Welcome to the Love Jungle, and settled in. Now it was time to test it out. It was time to throw the ultimate housewarming party. He sent the text into the group chat. House is ready. 
party tomorrow, baby. Anyway, by this point, most of his friends had kids or businesses to run or one of those things like that, so nobody came, except Martin, but nobody wanted to hang out with him ever. That was a bleak ending to Darren's, uh, Darren's partying ways. What a waste of money for Darren. And uh, so that's the, I guess that has a moral to it in a way, doesn't it? Um, change with the wind and change with age. Change with age, that's it. Grow into your age. Grow as your age grows. Each time your age grows, add a number. And each time a number gets added on, grow up. That's it. And that should be on Darren's gravestone. Okay, so that is our three stories for the week. Two longer ones and a third short one. I like that. Uh, sometimes I think the author of this boondoggle book doesn't really know when to cut his stories short. But then the third one, Darren liked to party. Nice, short and succinct. He really put his heart and soul into Darren liked to party. But, uh, yeah... I didn't write them, um, as you know. I'm just the uh, the conduit for the stories. So if you've got any differing opinions, um, then yeah, just let me know on the socials, on uh, Instagram. I think I'll set up a particular page for the Boondoggle podcast. Um, but personally, I am Boondog. I need to set up a Twitter for the Boondoggle as well. Yeah, so... Yeah, just let me know all your opinions. Not all your opinions. All your opinions about the podcast. Um, Yeah, the usual. Like and subscribe on all formats. Yeah, stay safe out there. If you're listening in the current day, the present day, the age of the lockdown, stay inside, stay safe, and stay cool. Uh... I have been the Boondog, and you have been listening. Thank you. Good night. Good morning. And good afternoon. Angus, what are you doing this now? Popdoon shops. Popdoons. Popdoon shops. Popdoon shops. Ingus, what are you doing this now? My bloody bedtime. Pop down. Bloody sharps. 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 Bloody argas. Angus, Angus, why are you doing this now? My bloody bedtime.
Angus, why are you doing this now? Angus, why are you doing this now? My bloody bedtime! <laughs>